1: Hello and welcome to episode 30 of the DesignFootball.com podcast. My name is Jay. I am the resident blogger on DesignFootball.com. For this episode, I'm joined by Angelo Trofa, a designer who a lot of people listening to this will be uh, aware of the work of. Uh, Hi, Angelo. How are you?
2: Hey, how's it going, Jay? I'm good, thank you. Yourself?
1: Yep, yep, yep. Not too bad. Um, Okay, so... Going straight into it, you would have, people would have become aware of your work either through um, uploads to designfootball.com and on there you are Amadeus Angelilo, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Where, where did that name come from?
2: Um, that's, that must be 10 years old, and I think that's the first time I've ever heard someone say it, like, <laughs> <laughs> say it out loud. That's
1: quite funny. Well, it's... um, I, I remember because I was like... For a long, long time... Because I remember when I started... When that website started. When designfootball.com started. And it was like... I was aware of various things. And, and you were popping up on, on different websites. Or on... I don't know if Twitter was so big back then. But various places your work was being spotted. And I was like... That looks similar to this this guy we've got on our website. Amadeus Angelilo. And then, and then you start... Tying the things together and you go. Okay, that's that's clearly the same person who's just got um, an alter ego on our website. So, you, was there a reason for the name, or you just wanted anonymity, or what was what was the thinking behind it?
2: I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's as advanced as wanting anonymity. I think it was. I don't. You know, like with MySpace at the time, and you were told that you had to have like a handle and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I Always used to just think you have to put like a, a fancy name there. So I think it's literally as simple as that. Like yes. I, I must have been seventeen, eight. Yeah, seventeen-ish, eighteen.
1: Mm. It's uh, yeah, pretty fancy. <laughs> it,
2: it also makes you realize how long ago, like I was, I started using DesignFootball.com. That's about ten years
1: ago. Hmm. Yeah. Well. Yeah. This it is sort of the tenth anniversary this year. Um. Big celebrations coming up we hope that we should be marking it one way or another anyway moving on um, so you you were posting various things now the designs on the website are great so you you can you can check those but when did volume one people will know you um, through your output on social media obviously but they'll know you from the um, football strip concepts these are the the sort of magazines that you were yeah you were making available. So when did the first? How did the first one come about? What what was the build up to that? In I suppose in your childhood, I take you were drawing kits when you were a kid as well.
2: Yeah, always. All, I've I think I've been doing it. You can see it in like my kids' sketchbooks when I was a kid. It's I think it started off with superheroes like redrawing their uh, costumes. But um, the idea for the first issue, it sort of come about in the end of college first year of uni because I was always obsessed with magazines and print books and I always thought how great it would be to have my own like to not to have one about myself but more to you know to be involved in working in one and I guess the only thing that I had around me at the time was just these kit designs so I thought you know I want to make a magazine what do I put in it so naturally it just came about like that just sticking these designs that I had into a
1: magazine. Okay. And so, what were you doing at college? Because I take it there's some design in your life outside of designing football kits.
2: Yeah, no, it literally was. It was studying graphic design at college. So, it's it's what I'd always wanted to do, like design logos and posters and that kind of stuff. So, I guess football kind of brings all of the elements of graphic design together. So, Mm. it's kind of like fashion, advertising, branding, logo design, typography, all in one
1: okay so starting at volume one um, you did you, the human form is I mean it's, it's maybe a developer thing as well so if you're working for Nike or Adidas or whatever then developers will look at the human form and they'll work out how best to to dress that in in terms of where the stitches are and um where bits should be stretching this your work seems to have a lot of that even from the beginning so was was that a particular interest of yours Out like um physiology and things like that of the the human body i think so um yeah would way like i like i mentioned
2: a second ago like superheroes were always mm. a thing that i was always interested in and if you look uh, you know the way superheroes are drawn in comic books and stuff they're quite muscular they're quite anatomical mm. so like the attention to the human anatomy and form is is quite quite evident and i guess at the time i uh, also was well into what itor fruit was doing and oh, yeah. then he, he ended up working with um with umbro on the england kits and everything mm. that he did was about how the f- human form and the anatomy interacts with, like, the clothing that it's wearing. Mm. So I guess it definitely... Yeah, that's what I was interested in at the time.
1: Yeah.
2: And definitely informs so, it.
1: Yeah, I all um was heavily involved in the, the sort of tailored buy range, particularly the 2010 uh, England away kit. Is that right? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, so he came from a fashion background, I believe. And then moved into into the, the sportswear and football kit specifically via Umbro. There, um, so what I remember is your first involvement on on DesignFootball.com was the Poland Nike competition, which was like the first. It was just like a fun competition. I think we had, but it had so many entries, and that's what really built up the website originally. And you got involved in that, and a lot of your designs were picked up quite well from that but there were there were a lot of features that you had and i think you probably featured this in the poland competition with the nike socks and i'm still surprised that they've never really done that have they with it's like the back of, is it the back of the boots or something that nike logo where it's like the word mark and you put that on the back of the socks didn't you
2: yeah yeah so it's it's, it's like the nike font that they had in the
1: 90s yeah i would i
2: yeah, I was just looking for something to, like, accentuate the calf muscle, because I guess that's quite a quite a strong area, like, in an athlete. So I was just looking for something to stick there to make mm. it, you know, accentuate it, draw yeah. attention to it. And I guess that, that naturally felt like it fitted there.
1: Y- yeah, I mean... I hadn't really thought of it that way. I remember looking at it, and thinking that looks brilliant, and they should really do that. But if you look at what they've done over the last few years, they've definitely been focusing on that area in the sock design. So they've been putting kind of chevrons on the back of the sock and uh, and just something just r- like large at the top, and then then gradually getting smaller as it goes down. So that's that's it, sort of in keeping with what you did. Um, yeah, yeah, with totally. The Nike word mark. Yeah. Um, Also, another thing that... I mean, this is Volume 1, so we've got, like, five volumes that you've done now. Volume 1. What year was this that this came out as well? I'm not sure. It was was kind of, like, the back end of
2: 2009, I think, 2010.
1: That sounds about right. Um, You did the Umbro, like, logo... You did, like, an England kit or something, or an Umbro kit of some description, like, long-sleeved, and it had, like, the Umbro uh, diamonds... Was the elbow pad? Yeah. Have they never done that? That seems really obvious. I don't know if they've ever done it in maybe in a goalkeeper kit or something. But yeah. that's a really good idea. Yeah, I'm
2: glad you still. <laughs> I think that was. Yeah, it's about eight years old. Maybe, uh, I'm not. Maybe it is. It's just maybe it's too obvious. I'm not sure. But I, that that idea was pretty much borrowed. From what I saw, Frupp was doing at the time with Umbro, where he's mm. experimenting with stretchy fabrics and you know, looking at the way the body moves and the arm moves, it kind of feels like natural to to place something at the elbow to aid articulation or something. Mm. And what better things to put there than the diamond of Umbro mm. if you're designing an Umbro kit.
1: Yeah. Sorry. Um if I was saying it was obvious, it's easy for me me to say it's obvious while some when someone else has thought of it. So what it clearly... It wasn't obvious because no one did it, apparently, until you came along and did it. Um we Well, think,
2: I did it in drawing in a magazine. I didn't really bring it to life. Yeah, It might not work.
1: We'll get to that later because some things do come to life. All right, so that's that's Volume 1, which was pretty impressive. And this was pretty popular. There were a lot of people who, who picked up this, what you created, and, and that was... That was great. The Volume 2, one of the standout features on Volume 2 is that you did, I think it was Brazil kits, and you put a, the Nike logo onto a pocket, like the Swoosh logo, was on a pocket on the chest. Yeah. Now, I'm just thinking about the dates on this, because Adidas ended up doing this, didn't they?
2: Yeah, they ended up doing it about two or three years later. Was it for
1: Marseille, maybe? Mm. Yeah, Marseille had it. Um, at some stage, Milan had it as well. I think.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's right. it was like on a, an away or a third kit. Milan had it, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, wh- wh- how did? How do you react to something like that? Is that? Do Do you think it's it's linked? Do you think they've seen your work, or do you think it, it it's a subconscious thing where they they think they've created it themselves, but they've they've actually seen your work without remembering they've seen your work, or are you insulted how does it actually work when when you see something like that does it make you think um, that you should be in their position or what um i don't know I, th- I think sometimes it's like easy to get carried away with
2: like ego and think that somebody is is just like ripped you off hmm. especially like because i know that that idea obviously come from somewhere originally because i was i was looking a lot at like designs from the 30s and the 40s and especially in south america at the time they had the pockets on the jersey so it, it come from you know my idea you know it's not totally 100% original mm. um I think the only thing that you can think is ah oh, I thought I decided to put that down and publish it first kind of thing mm. it might be some some like uh smug smug thing like that but um I I, I, yeah I think it's quite easy to get caught up and start thinking that people ripped you off when you know essentially especially within football if you start looking into it try and find something new often means going into like the history books and pulling out small details Mm. so often you you'll find that people are start looking at the same things at different times if that
1: makes sense yeah so so you your research sort of overlap with people who are doing similar things Hmm. yeah that's interesting but like you said you you can take a certain amount of pride in um in the fact that you got there first really and it it I I do think that when you've done something like that and and people see it and go actually that works that's a sort of a that can sort of be a vindication of a thought process. So okay, I wasn't going to be brave enough to do that, but this guy's done it and that looks pretty cool. So, yeah, let's go ahead and and try. I, again, it could be a uh a subconscious thing, but
2: yeah. And and sorry, sorry to interrupt. But I, and I know that I don't know. As as the years have gone by, I've like worked with people within the industry and stuff, and mm. you, you start realizing that these people do put together mood boards and they pull mm. references from certain places. So, so ideas do come from mm. from people that you know are, are doing these things as concepts or for fun or or like. I'm sure they definitely look at what people are doing on designfootball.com and. Places like that for for reference because it's good to keep a note keep an eye on what's going on at that kind of level
1: yeah I mean um I'll talk up the the talents of people who are, are members of design football but I suppose they're also consumers so if they're designing something that that they like and they think looks good then the idea could be that if they're creating that then maybe they'd buy it as well so so if we create something similar it might it might be a winner um one hundred percent the in volume three just for my reference now you don't need to give this away if you don't want to but you obviously made these available um in in various forms so it, there was a hard copy of of each of these uh editions of your concepts which one was the most popular out of interest do you know um obviously uh, the, the third one was the one that started getting
2: publicity and stuff. It was getting spoken about the most mm-hmm. online, I think. Um, there was that they, that weekly publication, Sport, that was given away on the Tube for free. Oh, yeah. and I think it was on page two. They wrote a full-page article all, all about the project. Um, so, obviously, each one has been more popular than the last because people already know about it yeah but i do i think that the third one was the first one where it kind of i don't know how um it got, it got me like a certain level of exposure so mm. I, I guess that was the most successful one as that's the one that grabbed people's attentions
1: yeah but well i mean there's there's a reason why i asked that question at that point because this was the one that were that had the most impact for me i think because um, it we I don't know if it's as simple as liking these designs the most, but they seemed the most adventurous. So you designed a a grease kit which had like old sort of Greek patterns on it, sort of ancient Greek patterns on it. I don't know what they're actually called, but... Oh, the um, Greek key. mm. So this was the, and there was the neck design, which was like a square neck design, wasn't there? Yeah. Did you find people, did you have like a mixed reaction to that or was it, entirely positive or what um i i, th- I think you're right in saying that, that it out of
2: if you look at all of them that one there had the most adventurous designs hmm. i think and i don't think it's a coincidence because i just started working for a fat an online fashion company at the time like a year before so i was exposed to all of like these new uh stylings for the first time and looking at clothes in different ways um i've I think people have always responded positively to it. And that Greek design as well is, is probably, probably my favorite concept kit that I've ever done in the sense that it pulls together like harmoniously, all the references that I look at the most and, and makes it what, and it looks good. I don't Mm. know whether it'd be a successful because I'm sure a square collar would be quite uncomfortable, but aesthetically it kind of looks cool. Mm. I still think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing with that kit was you put, like, a flag detail. It's another thing where I'm, after you create it, I look at it and go, well, of course you'd do that. And I don't know if Adidas have ever done that. But you put, like, the Greek cross, the Greek flag cross into the sock design, into the the three stripes on the top of the socks. Now, is anyone have Adidas ever done that? That seems an obvious thing to do, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I, guess, I guess it does. But it does now.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's always that thing as well, though. Brands are often scared to disrupt, like their logo marks mm. and stuff. I think they've, that's kind of changed in the last couple of years. But at the time, I don't know. It's re- really. It's, that's really what would get me excited. And yeah, like you say, because if you look at their logo, the, the Greek. Federation logo is built up of stripes and a cross. Yeah. So they kind of go together harmoniously with the Adidas stripes. So to me, it kind of felt natural that you'd want to to mix the two because you you could give you could represent both you know like both Adidas and Greece with the same logo mark, which I you know it's, it's a, it'd be amazing amazing to do if you make it work. Yeah,
1: I saw someone someone did something like that with um, a forest design. They they, um, there's there's one on the website. I'll put it on the notes of this podcast. Um, so if you're looking at this on Acast or on your phone or whatever, this should pop up now. Um, there's a Nottingham Forest design on the website which has like a sublimated crest, and they've extended. There's like the River Trent runs at the bottom. It's like a wavy, like water thing, and they've turned it into like the three stripes of Adidas going across the shirt, which is a brilliant idea. Um, but you, you, you'd think that they would do that. I understand what you're saying, where they don't want to disrupt their their own logos and their own branding um, because that's sort of separate. But it'd be nice to tie it in like that more often. And that what you did with the socks there is, is just... Brilliant, but I keep on saying it's obvious. Please forgive me for that. It's not obvious because <laughs> you've, you've done it and um, then I've gone, Why didn't yeah, I think stuff about like why that? like that is what gets designers like? excited. Mm. Yeah. Um, another thing which is you did it before they did it again is the you did a Spain design. and I look at the Spain design that you did in volume three and yeah. That that could be like a kit that could, I look at it and think, well, did they release that? That that looks so familiar, and it's because I think that one was was it based on the eighty two design? Yeah, that's the one. And but it's an Adidas one. I think. What did they wear in eighty two? Did they wear Adidas or? Coq- I think Sportif? it
2: was Lacoste Sportif.
1: Okay. So it's an Adidas version of that, and it just brilliant. Um, and if you've. you've I'm never, I'm trying to think. I think they 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 did exactly that. So you brought a collar back, and the you brought back the black socks which they hadn't had for a few years. And Adidas have done that since, haven't they? Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, maybe it was for the last World Cup, possibly or the last Euros. Yeah, they brought yeah. back the black socks.
1: Which... Yeah, and I've, yeah. And I think they had like a, I might be getting mixed up on which ones it is now, but I think they had like a, a faux um, collar design as well, like, which is nods. Yeah, yeah, you're totally right. It had like a, yeah, definitely.
2: It was um inbuilt into the the, the seams of the jersey. So it looked like a wing collar, but it actually mm. wasn't.
1: Yeah, but this is, that's basically your design there, isn't it? That's That's the two elements that, from the past, from the classic, idea of a spain kit that you brought back and then adidas have gone and done it a few years later so i look at yours and i think well that's just a kit that's been released but it hasn't (laughs) it was like four or five years later after you'd actually done it which is yeah yeah
2: i I guess that's another stroke for the ego right where you think i've got there a few years before
1: yeah and but it, it follows the same thing where you where if they look at it they go okay well that works, maybe we were considering doing that, and he's demonstrated it. So you're like the sounding board, maybe, so you you put stuff out there, maybe they even check what, I mean, I don't know about you, but various designers, maybe other people messing around, um, they see what the reaction is to things, and they go, okay, yeah, well, it's it's time we actually tried that. But yeah, it, it looked great, and it's not surprising that they went down that road afterwards, because
2: it was brilliant Um, I I think Spain looked good with black socks I don't know if it's true but my friend who's Spanish she told me that the reason that they got rid of it is because the black socks was linked to Franco
1: Mm. who was
2: a dictator so yeah, I don't know if that's true or not
1: yeah we've discussed it before on various podcasts whether that is actually true or not I've heard two things one that, that that's not necessarily true um uh, yeah I think we concluded that it wasn't true but because people kept on saying it they got rid of the black socks anyway so that was the thinking behind the change and the other thing is I'm sure I read somewhere that when they brought the black socks back they're actually officially really really dark navy or something yeah so they I, haven't actually I remember admitted they're, they're black
2: they said it was... it it was They were black, but they said it was dark navy. Yeah, you're right.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, we believe you. Um, <laughs> one thing that hasn't happened... That I don't really understand why. And I don't know whether this is... Because from us... From our point of view, from afar, it seems like a great idea. But when you're actually from the country itself, it just seems a little bit lame. Again, that sounds like an insult, but it's not. Because... I'm I'm just wondering why this hasn't happened because it sh- as far as I'm concerned it should have happened is the the Japan stuff you did. Now we've seen a lot of people, loads of people do it on Design Football now but I think you did it before them. It's just like, uh, it's a white shirt, like an away shirt I suppose and it's got like the flag's red circle in the middle, the sun I guess. Yeah. With, and- do you put the number inside the circle, is that right? Yeah, yeah see that's brilliant and it looks so classy as well but i suppose it's a flag thing isn't it you can't have a a kit with a a flag on it do you think that's the reason
2: possibly and i guess you know japan are known as the samurai blue is like their official nickname but i don't know I, re- I remember always seeing that flag and and it is it's one of the most unique flags out there i think them and Bangladesh are the, the only countries that just have a circle in the middle. I mean, mm. unless you're going to count, like, South Korea that have got other embellishments around it. Yeah. But it's just such a clean flat. It's just white with a red sun in the centre. It kind of... Yeah. And it... and it, I mean, it, 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 It's not me that makes it look cool because it already exists, but if the kit was all white with just a red dot in the middle, it looks super, super cool.
1: Mm. But even if they can't do that because of regulations from fifa about wearing like your flag on your shirt or whatever i don't know you did the anthem jackets as well which for me look even better and i don't think i've seen them do that either and that seems
2: it's just a massive red spot on the back
1: yeah or yeah. or on the chest or something do do something along those lines so it's it i mean that you did it with like a japanese script on the back as well didn't you i think
2: yeah because I, th- I did um a series of those anthem jackets for that issue mm-hmm. and i guess the idea was know, in in that issue i was kind of like exploring the themes that you know these these national teams they're more like street gangs that you find in like the 50s new york or something mm-hmm. so it kind of felt like natural to use the anthem jacket in the same way that the wanderers had their jacket in the movie um for that, for the 70s movie about the Wanderers is like a street gang, mm. so you just have like a, a patch on the back with the name, almost like Hell's Angel style. Um, and so, so for Japan, just slap a massive red circle on the back and then have the script around it, it's kind of sits really nicely,
1: yeah, yeah, well, it, it definitely works. Um, the other thing you did with that kit, and I'm I, I feel like I'm going to keep on doing this, but you you did the the Jap, the Japan kit had like grey elements as well so it was like white with with grey parts and they've yeah. kind of done that this year haven't they with the away kit is is sort of done in that style which works brilliantly again yeah have you seen have you seen the latest kit for
2: Japan yeah where it has the stripes coming over the shoulder
1: yeah did you like that one is that is that one that you you think looks good um it's all right but there's i feel like there's an imbalance with that one because of the i'm not
2: sure like when i look at it, it kind of doesn't look fully finished for some reason or other i'm i'm mm. i'm in between i think the color combo looks really cool and nice but as a design i'm not sure if i like the way the the stripes sit on the
1: shoulder okay yeah i uh, i think i'm okay with it i think i, I quite i quite like things that are imbalanced if things if things don't look quite right, I think maybe that that works. <laughs> maybe that appeals sometimes. It's like a, hmm. yeah. It's, if it jars a little bit, then it it's maybe a little bit more exciting than than something that just looks that's perfect. Hmm. But I, yeah, I do like that one. Um, the the main thing in in volume three, and it seemed like. Would you know when volume three was was that 2013 was it
2: yeah it was it was the end of 2013, the beginning of
1: 2014 okay so when was the when was the hundred and fifty hundred and fiftieth anniversary of the fa was did those kits get released the England kits celebrating the 150th, 150th anniversary were they released before you published this or or the designs were were made for this
2: I think they came out that March, maybe.
1: So, okay. Because I remember doing
2: the design in the summer before twenty, so it would have been summer twenty thirteen. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I think I'm sure it was a, a a competition on design football, no?
1: Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. It might have been a year earlier though, because I think those kits. I have a feeling those kits came out in 2013 because then they released the other one in 2014 for the World Cup. It's possible because,
2: yeah, because I did the designs just before the anniversary and then Mm. used that and put it in my magazine to show the logo that I designed.
1: That's what it was. What did you think of the ones that were released? Because if you can, all of these, everything we're talking about here can be accessed via a website now, can't it? It's it's available to everyone to everyone yeah. so just to browse online. What's the website? Um, there's an online magazine platform called Issue where it's
2: spelled i um, So if you just type in
1: football strip
2: concepts, it'll come up. Mm. They'll come up.
1: So I, when I look through these designs now, even, I, I really like them. But even if I didn't like them, they seem more fitting Far more fitting to the occasion than what Nike actually released. Now, I I know that Nike can listen to this and say, okay, you don't know what's involved making a football kit, and we put all the research in, and we know we have to find out what's going to sell, and all these different things. But do you not think an occasion like that required something a little bit more, like like what you created yourself? What's the thinking behind? them not doing something like that
2: yeah I, th- I think i agree yeah i totally agree with you like those kind of occasions you know you you kind of want want to make a statement and definitely dive into the archives and i don't for me i i know a lot of people if say if you were to i don't know, for me if you got 150th anniversary that means literally going back 150 years and pulling out an old design. And mm-hmm. making it look like you've gone back in history and bought it to the present day, um, so so that was the thinking behind my way of doing that design. But I can, but it's like everything, like like you were saying, it's it's all about making something that will sell. So and I don't, that was I think it was the first Nike England kit, right? Yeah. So I th- I, yeah, they. They totally just played it safe because it was a white jersey with a blue round collar and that was it. And then they, the 150th anniversary logo looked like the Budweiser logo. Yeah.
1: It,
2: yeah, for me, it kind of did look a bit
1: half-arsed. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said that and not me. That's good. <laughs> no, I, I don't know whether there were time constraints on it. So, I mean, Nike owned Umbro and then they decided in the end to take over the contract from Umber, Umbro. Um, whereas it originally be said that the Umbro would, <laughs> it's almost as if really they should have kept it with, with Umbro. There should have been one last Umbro kit really for the 150th and then they they were going their separate ways anyway, but it would have been more fitting. I think maybe for Umbro to have had that honor, maybe as a, a like a final goodbye to them. Um,
2: but
1: yeah, th- definitely. Whether Nike maybe uh, just time constraints maybe when they were taking over the contract maybe didn't know they were going to take over the contract. In terms of design, from a design point of view they didn't have the the sort of 18 months beforehand that you usually have to, to start creating the kit. Maybe they needed to get it through quite quickly so that's why they played it safe and didn't necessarily put the same amount of research and development into it but yeah, uh, it, that was a pity, and your design, especially with the the crest you used, I think would have been, yeah, more more fitting for the occasion. There's another thing in Volume Three that has become like an iconic design, and <laughs> iconic design in sort of the fantasy kit world, which is the the Marlborough Monaco kit.
2: Oh, right, yeah.
1: Is, was the original idea from you? Because it, I've seen it loads of times, and and Chris Oakley's done one recently. He Did like football kits for all the F one teams of years gone by. So Marlboro. I don't know what they were. They McLaren or something Marlboro. I can't remember what they were. Ferrari. Ferrari. Okay. So so he he did he did one of those. Um, he did. I, I take it was a Ferrari. He did, and it had the Marlboro pack design on it as well but you see it so so often but when you did it it was an original design of yours was it
2: yeah i don't, I don't think i think it i did that design when it, i think it was 2009 on blogger originally
0: mm.
2: on my blogger account and that that actual idea came from when i was about eight or nine one of my uncles had the marlborough pack and this was yeah. when I was well into. I ju- I got into football like relatively late for a kid. I was like nine or ten, mm. um, and my and I was always drawing superhero outfits. And I remember he had this Marlborough cigarette pack, and it just looked like it belonged on a sp- on a football pitch. Mm-hmm. The you know the Marlboro sits underneath the red arrow that points upwards you know like it would on a on a chest of a football player and then it's got the the coat of arms or whatever it is that rests there so i remember i, I remember drawing that when yeah when i must have been eight or nine maybe ten <laughs> and and it was something that when i was at university and started blogger that i, I revisited and redrew it because it yeah it's i think the the Marlboro identity in the cigarette pack is super iconic um and every everybody knows it it's instantly recognizable there's a reason why like ferrari and marlboro was a perfect partnership yeah so so for me it just felt obvious but it is pretty amazing how since then it i've seen it so many times so many people have kind of copied it or rehashed it and you know built from that idea of using other you know that branding and logos and packaging in a similar way to to how that that design was
1: yeah i'll be mean, chris oakley's on uh, i think it's it's probably kitbliss.com it might be kitbliss.nz so he's got all all kinds of different themes and they're really good i don't i don't know if, if the the thing is so many to- it's been done so many times i don't again we even with chris i don't know whether it's it's come along Uh, because he decided to do the theme of the formula one cars so that was obviously what he was going to do so it was it would end up looking the same anyway but this like you say there have been so many people that that have done it in the meantime that you don't know whether you where you've seen it before but everyone seems to have seen it one place or another um have you so when you did it on blogger did it get a big reaction on there
2: I think so, yeah. I'm, I, I may have even posted it on Design Football mm. as well.
1: Yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure it was posted on there as well, yeah.
2: Probably have to have a look. But I think, it's again, it's one of those things. It's, it's a bit hard to like feel like you own that idea or lay claim mm. to it because everybody is so familiar with that kind of branding and that kind of feel. And we're quite lucky that in the last 10 years or, or whatever, that with the internet, we, we've built up these online communities where these amateurs, amateur designers have been able to upload their designs. So I guess if, I don't know, we, we we first saw it 10 years ago, say if I was the first one to have done it 10 years ago, it probably is because of that, because that was the first time a platform like Design Football had been been put up for us to upload our designs. Mm. We don't know if, say if we did it 25 years ago, somebody else would have done it.
1: Have, have you still got, the, you said you did it when you were like eight or nine years old, Do you, have you still got that little drawing somewhere?
2: I'm not 100% sure, but I could probably dig around. I've got okay. I've got a hell of a lot of drawings of kit designs that I did when I was a kid. They they definitely need scanning in and, and
1: putting on Instagram <laughs> or something like that.
2: So. Well, I, actually, I actually did it, um, was it last year, that I vectored up some of the drawings that I did as a kid and I put them side by side and that was on Instagram.
1: Yeah, I saw some of these. So you did an Italy one where it had the, like the flag down the leg or something, was it?
2: Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, and, yeah. The, and the Juventus one sponsored by Donna. <laughs>
1: that's excellent. Okay, we're going to need to check those out again because that's that's brilliant. That was quite. Do you, did you? Do you think you used... to what extent did you use artistic license? when you recreated those, did you tidy them up a bit or did you go, ah, that's a bit strong, I'm going to make those stripes <laughs> a little bit thinner or anything like that? Or did you stay true to what the originals were?
2: I tried to stay true as I could to, mm. to the actual sketch. I mean, obviously now, I don't know, the drawings that I do are a bit technical now than they were when I was, say, eight or nine. So I've got to consider how stripes would sit along next to the seam line and stuff like mm. that. But I tried to stay as true as I could.
1: Yeah. Um. So on to Volume Four. So you, th- there was this was really sort of South American themed, wasn't it? Volume Four, would that be right? Yeah. Because
2: um, I all the designs that are in that I did while travelling South America.
1: Ah, okay. So Peru is like the iconic kit. So everyone. What's your favourite football kit? Oh, Peru because they've got that (laughs) that red sash. And if you say to someone, "Um, which one?" they they don't know. They'll probably say 1970s or something, but they don't like pick a specific Peru kit. And I really like the the recent Umbro ones. I think they're fantastic. I think the one that they're going to be wearing at the World Cup is brilliant.
2: Yeah, Um, they've done a good job, recent (laughs) Umbros.
1: Yeah, so all of them are are really fantastic, but the one you've got in Volume 4 is just... So, Are you able to describe that one for us? The one you put in in Volume 4, do you remember it?
2: Yeah, so the the stripe goes over the collar, comes across Mm. the chest, and it never breaks, so it wraps itself all the way around the body, so it's almost like it spirals down the torso, round the back like a snake.
1: Mm. So... It, I, I see it a lot. I, I go through the webs, I go through Design for Watercom, the uh, go through the galleries, and there are a lot of shirts. I go, yeah, I'd I'd wear that, and this is definitely an example of that. The you say the sash goes over the collar. I mean, it it it's like that. I I don't see that very often. I don't know if anyone's ever done that, where a detail from the shirt like transfers onto the collar as well, and that's an idea. I, I've said that a load of things you do are really obvious so i've insulted you regularly during this podcast (laughs) but that doesn't seem obvious to me that sounds like something you'd go should i do that no because that'll look weird but it works brilliantly
2: really I i feel like our conversations becoming like sherlock holmes you know where watson always i don't know where sherlock holmes always uh gets angry with Watson because Watson always says after he explains how he solved the mystery that it was so simple <laughs>
0: yeah
2: that is, that is our relationship now um, <laughs> I'm not Sherlock Holmes of course
1: no uh, <laughs> did you, you obviously we have just tried something but it's worked out really well why isn't anyone else doing that because that's a brilliant It's a it's a terrible idea that works brilliantly <laughs> Yeah, that idea, it, it
2: came from... I was in Brazil, uh, Peru at the time, mm. and I was in a bar. It was like this old man pub slash bar. And, and were Peru last in the World Cup in something like the 70s? Is, is that what it was? Or like 1982 or something?
1: Yeah, it's it's a good... Th- it's well over 30 years ago, I think, yeah. So, so it,
2: it, they had this picture in the bar that was one of the last times that Peru were in the World Cup. Mm. And the shirt was amazing, but like in this picture, but it was a winged collar. So it's mm. like a white collar and the stripe went, uh, the sash went underneath yeah. the collar. And I thought it was a shame because it really disrupted that, the shirt. Mm. So the idea came from looking at that photo and thinking how amazing would it have been if the sash went over the collar to maintain like the harmony of the jersey and yeah. the sash yeah so, so that's where it come from and when i drew it down like you say it probably is a terrible idea but when i drew it down it just worked so well and looked so nice
1: yeah when you explain it like that that makes perfect sense because in effect the collars because the collars were so big those wing collars at the time it it compromises the main design feature of the shirt so <laughs> i don't want to say it's obvious but <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> that that that's why it works isn't it so You you remove that element to it, but like you say, those collars back then were kind of great in their own way as well, so you don't want to remove that feature either. Yeah, You could just get rid of the collar completely, and then obviously there's nothing getting in the way of the sash, but... The way you've done it is brilliant. This is definitely one that people should check out. This is a great great shirt. And the other thing with it is you, you put... I don't know if you've ever seen that before, but you put sashes on the socks as well, which is a brilliant idea. And River Plate did that a couple of years ago. Did you know that?
2: Yeah, and weirdly enough, River Plate did it, um, I think, a couple of months after I designed that. Because I went from Peru and I went to a couple of other countries and ended up in Argentina. And it's when I was in Argentina that River Plate unveiled their new kits. And it was from that season, I think, that they had these sashes on the socks.
1: Oh, so it was in... Immediately in the aftermath of you actually, doing
2: it this. was. It was yeah. It was almost at exactly the same
1: time. Mm. That's that must have been strange. I think
2: River Plate have it on the front of the socks, but I put them on the back of the sock.
1: Ah, okay. Mm. It it definitely works. That is one of the greatest fantasy kits that I'll never get to wear ever. And that. <laughs> thanks. Glad you like it. <laughs> the. The next the other thing that happens that's in documented in volume four, but as as kind of happened obviously earlier than that, and people will probably be aware of before the release of volume four is the I don't know how to pronounce this so I apologise, but is it Wiparla. Wipar, yeah, yeah, Wiparla. The the Wiparla controversy. Are you able to explain that as 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 briefly as possible for something so complicated? and bizarre
2: yeah i think i've got quite good at explaining this (laughs) it's one of the first things i I went for a job interview and they pulled it up as well um so basically um bolivia's got this double identity because if you think about the history of south america the spanish went there they invaded the country or conquered south america wiped out indigenous populations yada Mm. yada yada so now you've got this divide in South America where it's like a lot of white Spanish descendants and a lot of um, darker-skinned de- indigenous descendants. Mm. It, it's not as simple as that, but that's for, for the way of talking. But basically, Bolivia has got the biggest indigenous population out of all the countries in South America. So I think it's... Six, if um, Don't quote me on this, but it's something like 60 to 40. Um, and forever... the the white Spanish descendants have ruled the country. Um, And it wasn't until the mid-2000s when they had their first ever indigenous president elected, um, Evo Morales, and he decided to give the power back to the indigenous populations. He, you know, if you wanted to work in government, you needed to be able to speak one of the indigenous uh, languages. I think there's seven of them, um, I don't know their names. I think Aymara is one of them. And he also elevated the flag of the Indigenous peoples as co-flag of the country. Yeah. So the 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 official flag of the country is the green, yellow or gold and red, um, you know, like tricolour. And yeah. the flag of the Indigenous is this checkered, checkered flag built up of seven different colours. And if you travel the country, you see the two flags flying side by side quite a lot. And you also see if you're driving through, depending on what cities you go through that you know, indigenous, like mainly indigenous people, you see this flag a lot. And it is, it's an amazing flag. It's so unique and um, like visually striking because I don't know, you don't really see many flags like that. Um, And so traveling the country has got this real double identity and, I mean, with football kits, you know, you've got the home and the away. And what better way to reflect the double identity of the country than through the home and the away kits? And so the, I designed the home to be, you know, classic, traditional Bolivia. And then the away, the indigenous colours. So reflected the colours of the flag, which could never happen under FIFA laws because, I don't know, how many colours? You can only have four colours on a, on a jersey, yeah. I think.
1: I, th- I think you can only have... A few colours, I think it they do say something like that. I think it's four colours um but then the the obvious other problem is that if you if you're representing the flag in its normal form anyway, then you get into trouble um you won't be able to do that, so it would have to be like different coloured trim and that kind of thing That they have had problems with it because teams have wanted to do like um rainbow flag kits and that kind of thing, so. And and they have managed it, but I think it's to do with proportion. So if you have it too too much of each of those different colours and it goes over the four, then, then you start to hit problems.
2: Yeah. So 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 I did this kit. It was because as I was going around South America, I was designing these kits and uploading them onto my Facebook page. Um and the plan was collate all of these designs and put them into issue four of the magazine.
0: Mm.
2: And obviously i was travelling around so so i was designing the kits of you know like a week or two after i left the country so i was in argentina or brazil and i published the uh, the kits because one of my best friends that i stayed with he's bolivian but he's he's from mix he's from a mixed background so i think on his on his father's side he's got indigenous um blood and on his mum's side it's spanish so so he warned me before he said that you know a lot of people aren't going to like this but it's good for the country he's he saying that the country has a real issue with accepting its identity because it's got this racist divide i wasn't totally naive in the design but i thought that to make a a statement it'd be really interesting but I didn't expect to to wake up one morning and get 250 notifications on my Facebook page <laughs> most of them like really angry inboxes from people sending me like really nasty stuff it was, yeah it's quite bad it was, I was surprised and then within a week the, the Bolivian equivalent of like question time or something being quizzed on the design <laughs> and then the BBC picked up on it and it became like a news story for a day so that was quite funny that's, yeah. that, that's that in a nutshell
1: yeah I, I, I remember seeing it and I was like yeah I know that guy that's Amadeus Angelilo there <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it, it was uh, it was quite an interesting story but then it it, it moved on to another level because <laughs> <laughs> I keep on saying that all these kits should be real kits, and I'm gutted that they're not real kits, but that became a real kit, didn't it?
2: Yeah, there was. it was quite sad. I don't know how to describe it, but it was quite funny in a way that one of the things that people kept slinging my way was saying that it's a disgrace to represent the, the indigenous populations, they're they're this like they're, there was a lot of these kind of messages and one one person was saying these people are thieves they, they're like some really bad stuff and then the next thing i know that in the first ever edition of the copper america Indigenous the bolivian indigenous national team had turned up wearing my kit design without having told me
1: anything it and it's it's pretty good i mean it's not it's not perfect, and I don't know who made it, and it's dodgy that they did it without actually yeah. <laughs> maybe saying, can we do this and maybe pay you or something? But it does look pretty good, doesn't it? Oh, I think it's pretty cool. I mean, it's,
2: you could tell that they designed the copy because the elements of it are exactly the same as my design. Yeah, And, um, I mean, they've probably, you know, they've got a fair enough argument. You nicked our flag to put on a football kit anyway. <laughs> So, um, yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah,
2: yeah, I, I can't be too agree. They're, they're quite good
1: us. Now, um... well, I mean, I I spoke to someone about this the other day, and I said, isn't like someone who, who knows a friend of mine who knows all about South America, visits there often, and is involved in the like interest in the politics and everything. And I said, yeah, isn't isn't there a, a like a racist thing or something, or is uh, aren't they like the 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 descendants of immigrants are, like, um, oppressed in some way, and that's why, like, and she just looked at me like, no, that's that's probably not the case. So I think it, it it's just, there's just been a shift in the country, hasn't there, That's that's gone from, what way what, is it, 60-40 in, in terms of Indigenous, is it?
2: Yeah, yeah, so it's 60% Indigenous. Yeah. 40 percent i don't know what you call them spanish descendant
1: yeah so it's it's kind of the tide has turned slightly in the other way after decades or maybe even centuries perhaps in 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 favor of the, the... yeah i think it, it's, it's yeah it's quite a complicated situation mm-hmm. uh um
2: subject but yeah they out of all the countries in south america that One of the reasons as well is that Bolivia doesn't have a coast. So, yeah, it always had like an indigenous majority. Mm. Um, And it wasn't until like the mid 2000s when they got um, their first ever indigenous president, who's a fascinating story in itself, got got put into power. Obviously, he made a concerted effort to give the power back to his people. Um yeah. so so I guess it was that all of these people that had been oppressed or not had much money or opportunity, all of a sudden it was like a watershed moment and Yeah, and it and, and it's amazing because when you go there, um like there's a lot of like art and architectural movements um where these people are like building ridiculously amazing houses and stuff. That they, they call them cholettes. Where hmm. they're building, it's almost like new ma- new money kind of thing. Where these people have got wealth, and they're showing it off by building these ridiculous houses. And they're not they're not even trying to copy. Like often you'll see like rich people in other countries mimic what they see. I don't know in popular culture. These guys are like building these ridiculous palaces, reflected their own culture. And it's it has to be seen to ah, be believed because yeah. they're spectacular.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah excellent okay well uh, that that's i don't i don't want to say that that's your like 15 minutes of fame cuz you you kind of do well your career's going well in in design and everything else but it was it was certainly a break from the norm i take it
2: yeah it it kind of feel like a 15 minutes of fame to be honest <laughs> it was yeah it's pretty yeah i've never experienced anything like that in my life that was a bit yeah to become world news for
0: Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com/slash-wondersuite.
1: Mm. Um, in volume four as well, you, you who was it? Was it Soccer Bible who asked you to do, design a kit from the future?
2: Yeah, yeah, it was for their. It was for their forthcoming issue at the time. It was based on the future of football.
1: Okay, so, so what elements did you put into that?
2: Um, so basically, it was 2015, and they asked me to design the kit of 10 years' time, so 2025. Hmm. Um, and at the time, Nike released their Nike Turbo Speed Suit that that they were giving to all the top-tier athletes for yeah. you know the, the Olympics and stuff. And they were pretty amazing. I mean, I've said it before in in this chat that we've been having that I was obsessed with superheroes and that was like the closest we've come to like seeing someone, a professional athlete decked out looking like Superman. So um, yeah, so basically I took that cue hue and kind of ran with it, but tried to add in technical, technological details and stuff that I kind of envisaged, you know, coming in kind of like, it was kind of like a, a spandex outfit with bonded Plates on the front and the back, which would house the team colours, player name and numbering, and sponsor logos. Mm. Yeah, which which is definitely the way I think that kits are kind of heading.
1: Yeah, well, they they kind of tried that with um, Cameroon had that that one piece and yeah, and but certainly 2015. Well, yeah. So this is around the sort sort of time when Nike released the Vaporware stuff the sorry vapor um the vapor kits which were streamlined and like uh you the like ergonomic thing and the when they were twisting there were seams that would stretch slightly to allow the body to twist so it's very much in that vein isn't
2: it yeah and and i've always been really like influenced by the 2002 kappa kit as well mm. which was super skin tight made of lycra would, would stretch like a mile when someone pulled
1: it yeah the kappa combat range yeah yeah um okay so so volume five and this this is kind of where you i suppose your career is coming along in the, at this point as well so um where you are as a person is sort of reflected in in what you're doing in the designs as well is that right
2: possibly i mean it's the first issue that i was able to publish kits that have actually been brought to life
0: hmm
1: you, you mentioned wh- who was it you design kits for that that actually got made was this this Le Ballon thing or something
2: yeah there was a couple so there's that there's the brand the Dutch brand copper um, oh yeah they got they got me to design they got permission for a new newly formed team from the center of Amsterdam pro leagues called torpedo kattenberg so they reached out to me to to help them design that kit um i worked with a french football collective as well called le ballon yeah who were uh who run a really successful like football league like amateur football league made up of designers djs marketeers And they have like a football league that are sponsored by Nike, Adidas, uh, Nike and Puma, I think, at the time. Hi. So they released a pop up shop where you could, there'll be a football jersey and there's a a vast array of like patches and decals that you can print to make your own shirt. So they asked me to design a couple of the playing kits. Hmm. Uh, And then elsewhere in the magazine, there was the stuff I've been doing with the FIFA video game as well.
1: see that's that's for a lot of people listening that's going to be the coolest thing so everyone obviously plays fifa and you're getting to design the kits that go into fifa yeah um
2: yeah i guess when when they approached me like the 10 year old me probably was really giddy like really (laughs) excited is yeah i was a cool gig (laughs) designing for the legends team
1: (laughs) how how did that come about then did was this for a contact or did they just know of your work and they came to you or how did it happen
2: it's all through social media like instagram and twitter i guess like like never before you can get access to these people and stuff and i don't know they just reached out to me through that i think instagram is the best way that for me of showcasing my work and what i do mm. and it was and it's literally through
1: instagram um that's i mean that that's a, a a good selling point of instagram if you if you go from uploading some designs to instagram to to designing kits in fifa that things are going pretty well so it's the legends kits that you do then yeah which
2: which for me was the best thing because i i remember as a kid um so I kind of stopped playing video games after because I, I I played the same version of uh, Football Manager for six years and then it corrupted and I was devastated. <laughs> so I stopped playing video games after that. But which, which version was it? Two thousand and six. Oh really? Okay. So I got to nearly two thousand one hundred as FC Basel, <laughs> and then it corrupted. So yeah. that that take that. that
1: that reminds me, FC Basel were like the first kits in Volume 1, aren't they? Yeah. What, what is, why FC Basel? you you an FC Basel fan or was it just because you were playing as them in in champ, Championship Manager and you decided to, to do those?
2: I'm not sure where. Do you remember, was it like 2003 or 2004 when Basel beat Manchester United in the Champions League yeah. or drew against Manchester United? And then they played against Middlesbrough in the semi-final. I have no idea why, but I've always, like... I don't know, ever since seeing those games, I've always really, like, followed them and really, really loved them. And when I got this version of Football Manager, I thought, you know what, I'm going to be FC Basel.
1: Yeah. But they're, like, an iconic team because I think they've influenced, like, the Barcelona design. Barcelona had a chairman or something that was tied with Basel or something so Yeah,
2: it's exactly that. Yeah, they 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 shared a chairman, I think. Oh really? Okay. Or the founder of Barcelona was involved in Basel or something like that and he carried over the identity.
1: Um one last thing about volume 5, you did you based on some some old Kappa bibs that uh, Barcelona had in like the the 90s. You created a whole range of bibs, is that right? Yeah. Like training bibs. Yeah. The one, that, that Dios, the, what, it's like a, what is that? I don't know my art too well, but that's like, is it a Michelangelo painting or something?
2: Yeah, the creation of Adam.
1: The creation of Adam. It's Michelangelo, is it?
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I see, I'm not too bad. (laughs) Um, And, and this is like, but is that a reference to Maradona as well? Of course, yeah, the hand of God. Ah, okay. See, this is, that's what, That's probably the greatest football training bib I've ever seen. And there can't be a better one. That, <laughs> that, is, that has to be made at some point. Have you not got that made? I've been trying,
2: but um, the brand that I was working with is kind of dragging their heels. Because I was hoping for the World Cup to have an exhibition of all of these training bibs. Yeah. But it kind of hasn't happened. That's so, um, shame. Hopefully in the future it will.
1: And and that's so I will see that in the flesh.
2: Hopefully, because I think the the training bibs one is an interesting project because when I saw that Barcelona one from the nineties, I just can't believe that nobody, no brand, these brands and clubs haven't made a thing of it because it's such mm. a it's the point of it is to really stand out and be really ugly. So that just gives you creative license to go. Absolutely mental,
1: mm.
2: and well, no one's no, really
1: done it. Also, not restricted by regulations or anything, are you? When you're in training, you can do whatever you you can have whatever you want. So you you're, you're not too. confined by the regulations of football shirts. So the, the creativity should come out. Of that Umbro released some um, a few oh, it'd be about ten years ago now, I suppose. But they released some, and they they were like all the like iconic teams. So there was like a Celtic one. Um, just like a big Umbro logo on it and then it was like green and white ho- hoops or uh, horizontal stripes and there was an Argentina one and there was an Ajax one, so all these iconic kits done in a sim- sim- simplified way, but oh, then with right. an Umbro logo on them, yeah they were really good but yeah I don't know how popular they were um, yeah
2: hopefully, hopefully we start seeing some crazy bibs because they only have one purpose and that's to make sure that To separate the people on the bench or on the training pitch to to the people Mm. that are on the pitch.
1: Yeah, I suppose. uh, Yeah, I suppose in in the Champions League and stuff, there'll be restrictions for them. But you could you could certainly use them in training, and it would be okay, definitely. Um. Okay. Well, I think there's there's never any better note to end things on than than crazy training bibs. I think all conversations should end like that uh what what is it you're up to now then uh, where are you working at the minute? um so
2: a few months back, I traded football in and I work in cycling now um mm. I work for a brand called Rafa, who um who are a really interesting brand because they they kind of come at the same angle as I was doing with my kit designs anyway. It's very much story storytelling led so Mm. it's like delving into the annals of the history books and bringing back forgotten classics and gems and picking out elements and stuff
1: okay and are we going to get another a volume of this then a volume six yeah
2: it's, it's in the works um um i was hoping to get out for the summer but I've been way too busy. But it's going to be mainly focused on women's kits because I've been able to work on some women's kits in the last couple of years, but I really want to push that a bit more now.
1: That would be excellent. Yeah, that's... uh, Yeah, flexing your creative muscle in a different direction. Perfect. Yeah, because there's okay. been some
2: great women's kits, so hopefully we can start adding to
1: them. So just quickly, uh, uh, you've looked at the the world cup kits are there any favorites that you have in there anything that's that's caught your eye uh the nigeria one right (laughs) it has to be (laughs) i I wasn't i i had actually not guessed that but yeah i think i'm gonna ask people on this podcast what their favorite kit is and i think that's going to come up a lot because it is fantastic
2: i think they've managed to merge like his retro classics with streetwear trend that's going on right now and they've just nailed it mm. even the off-pitch stuff is just so good
1: oh yeah the, there's the, the i i'm i'm like of an age and of a a size where i shouldn't but i really want the <laughs> there's, there's a pair of um <laughs> there's a pair of like like tracksuit bottoms i don't know what they call them now track pants or something that have yeah. got like gr- they're like black with or very dark green with, like, green leaves all, all over them. I really want those. <laughs> I don't think I can get away with I that. I think that stuff's going to be pretty hard to pull off, but... Yeah. That's, that's the beauty of it. That's like a red rag to a ball. I'm definitely buying them now. <laughs> okay. Well, Angelo, this has been really good. It's been great talking to you. How can people get hold of you? you? You mentioned Instagram. What's your name on Instagram?
2: Uh, it's not Amadeus Angelillo, although no. I probably should have been. Um, yeah, I, I go. F- I stupidly I picked another stupid handle for that. So it's A N G T
1: three four. And is is that the same on Twitter? Yeah, exactly the same on Twitter. Same on Twitter. Okay, that's yeah. I know you from Twitter, but Instagram. we need to get into Instagram. Okay, you need so, to get on it. People need to be following you on Instagram, don't they? Really? If this is. If if all this stuff is, I mean, if if EA Sports are contacting you, then we need to be following you on 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 uh, Instagram.
2: Well, definitely, there's there's no excuse if EA Sports. <laughs> no, um, I think yeah, I, I definitely encourage people to use Instagram. I think it's the best way to to you know get your work out there. And there's so many creatives on there, and there's quite a strong network, and it's a great way to to show off your work. And it's the modern it's the modern designer's portfolio, I guess. Mm. So okay, I mean it's yeah. where I post
1: everything I do. So, okay. well, that's that's reason enough then. All right. Uh, well, thanks so much for that. Uh, Thank We'll you. speak to you again soon. Um, if you want to follow me on, I'm not on Instagram. If you <laughs> want to follow me on Twitter, I'm J29ers. Uh, Design Football is the Twitter handle. Uh, designfootball.com on Facebook and obviously the website Designfootball.com visit there lots of new designs on there a lot of uh, international designs being uploaded at the minute for obvious reasons with the the World Cup coming up so people should visit the website as well and uh, maybe we'll get an Instagram account at some point but we'll we'll see on that but thank you again Angelo Um, thanks thanks for for having me on no problem it was uh, an absolute pleasure thanks very much and uh, we'll be back with another episode very soon thanks a lot bye bye